Thank you for joining us. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, you all. Oh, we, we, oh, oh yeah, we, we're just getting started. We're, okay, we're, thank you. Thank you. I tried to find something exactly on the list, and that kind of really summarized it all. And we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah for the rest of this month. And we're just going through. <coughs> and I'll be sending uh, other things for you all to, to uh, look at. Okay, good. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. we got a good good crowd on the line, uh, mostly the basic people that attend. Uh, hold on a second here. Let me stop this. Okay. Okay, here. Okay. I just wanted to tell we all come and touch and agree, and I we really want to thank you, each one of you that's able to join us this evening. Uh, it's good weather here in Arizona. Anytime you want to come out, come on. I think yesterday was about 90 degrees, and today is going to be about a little bit cooler. Uh, in the 70s and you know this time of year always before Easter there's always a cold season a little cold flash that'll come about so I expect something like that latter part of March it's a lot of heavy duty wind blowing right now that's mostly what we got but uh, we're going to go ahead and touch and agree and we thank you thank you Lord for this day we thank you for your goodness your mercy your peace we thank you for each household that's been represented to today, Father, and those that can't make it online, Father God, please allow them to be able to hear the replay, and it's always there for everybody to be able to rehear it. Father God, we we do we come touching and agreeing, asking you to touch the people that's in the war zone, Father God. You know what's best. You know the whole situation and the maniac that's starting all this, Father God. We say shut them down. Your word says we can. Say, we take the authority and we agree with all those others that's praying to shut them down. Let all that stuff that he said come back on him right now in the name of Jesus. But spare his people. Spare the people, the innocent people that lives in Russia, Father God. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our family and all the families are all around. We speak joy and peace this day. And Father, I pray that each one go away or each one be able to accept your word today and go away with a nugget they can be encouraged and chew on for the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining us. And you all kind of bear with me. You know, I'm still in this chair and I get a little short breath every now and then. That, that, all that is is the enemy trying to shut me up. And it just don't know. He can't shut me up because I'm too encouraged. I'm too encouraged to know what God said to do, and I'm, I'm gonna stay doing it as long as I can sit up in this chair and and look at this computer and read His Word. I'm doing it. Other than that, 
I thank God for the breath, each breath I take every day. Like I said, we were going to go back into uh, Nehemiah. This is a very encouraging book. And as we go through Nehemiah, I, I pray that each of you take the words and actually apply it to your life. We all go through something every day. We go through something. Oh, let me pause right now. Another young lady asked us to pray, pray for, uh, what was the name, you all? Some Peggy McCullen. I, I don't know who that is, but God's don't know. And Father God, right now, whatever the situation is, Father God, I ask you to send your ministry angels to take charge. Father God, we don't know what the situation is that you, but we are not asking for any craziness, Father God. Whatever the situation is, send your ministry angels to cut out all distraction. Anything that's not like you, Father God, bottom line, if it's not like you, Father God, send your minister angels to stop it. Out of the whole situation, maybe somebody come by and know that they have to depend on Jesus for everything we go through. In Jesus' name we pray. Uh, in the book of Nehemiah, it's, it really has helped me quite a bit over the many, many, many years. I, I'll say back in the... Uh, Earlier than the early 2000s, yeah, the early 2000s, God has given me this book as as almost like a a, a charge book, and the book is it, it struck heavy to me as to how the our kingdom is, how the natural world is, and the boundaries and all this all around us. Always some kind of drama, always some kind of destruction. Always, what is uh, an old bishop used to use this word? There's always some vicissitudes going on. Somebody always got something going on. And this book, Nehemiah, if you take yourself and place it in the book of Nehemiah, as we read this, we're going to go through it fast because we want to do it by the end of the month, you know? So, uh, in the book, last week, we, we walked away with three things that we were supposed to do. And this is what God said. He wants us to be, be strong, be encouraged, and, and, and not afraid. And prayerfully, that's how you all lived this past week up until today. Strong, encouraged, and not afraid. It is wonderful when you get an encouraging word from a, a person or friend. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really accept encouraging words from enemies because, see, there's a blockage there. There's a lie there. If you're an enemy of mine, you can't give me an encouraging word because you're lying. But this that's Vera, but whatever. that That's that's the truth of how it is. How can somebody that hates you give you an encouraging word when they're not encouraged themselves? And we have to look at that. So we know now that um, Emiah, uh, Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. And he had some people, some Israelites, some of his brothers that came through uh, where he was and told him that the walls were still down. Now, these are the people that was disobedient. The Israelites were disobedient. And God has sent all these different prophets to talk to them. And they didn't want to believe nothing that the prophets said. They killed the prophets. They did everything to the prophets. But they disobeyed what the word of God said. He told them, don't listen to me. I'm going to send you. I'm going to back off and, and let you go into bondage. And he did. For 70 years, they sat in bondage. Now, then God had uh, different uh, prophets to bring them back. In the video that I sent to you, it talked about Ezra 
was a priest that came, but his whole focus or his passion for God was to teach the word. Like my passion is to teach the word of God. And so that's what he wanted to do. Find the old uh, scripts and uh, teach the word as how it should be in the Israelite land. But think about this. Some people didn't want to come back. Some of them had, they had been 70 years. And think about that. If you went into bondage when you were 50 years old, 70 years later, you were dead. And a lot of them just didn't make it back. Then they had some that didn't want to come back. Didn't want to come back. And the situation here is that everybody didn't go into bondage. There was some that ran off and hid out. And so they weren't cap captured uh, by the Babylonians. So they stayed there. We had a portion of the Israelites that stayed there too. And you go, we're going to talk about those two. Think about the situations you all. And I want someone to be bold enough to maybe we'll discuss this a little bit because we have to be able to apply the word of God to our daily life in, in order to make it. We said we're living in the kingdom of God. Yes, the kingdom of God is sitting in this natural word world, but however, we have a spiritual covering so that we don't have to deal with all this other stuff that people deal with. You only deal with it because you want to. You only deal with it because you want to. God has given me the book, and I keep saying it so many times. If you want to buy it, you can always uh, inbox me, cash out me or something, and I'll, I'll, I'll mail it to you. It may take a few days, but I'll mail it to you. Uh, but anyway, it tells us that you don't have to stay in a, a, a in a mentality with everybody else doing the same old thing over and over. So when the people came back to Israel, like, you know, during that time, Every city had walls all the way around. Remember you all? Well, Jericho had the wall and God sent, sent the uh, Israelite in it, said, this is going to be your land. And God told them exactly what to do. March around seven times. And on the seventh time, they shout and the walls fell down, fell down. Remember the battle of Jericho? You all remember that. So this think about this is the situation when they were disobedient to God to do what he said. And the Babylonians came in and like raped the whole place, burnt down all, knocked down, blew up all the walls, knocked down everything, crushed the the houses they were living in. They weren't houses like we, they were brick houses, bricks. It was all made of stones and bricks. All that stuff was destroyed and they carried them off to Babylon. And that's where they lived and died for 70 years. And so God started to have mercy on them. That's what the whole little video I sent you all. He started to have mercy on them. So uh, there was different uh, prophets. Nehemiah's job was to rebuild the wall. And there was another prophet job that was to rebuild the inside, the, the temple, was to be real the temple. And uh, Ezra's job was to... Uh, Renew, get the word back together, the word of God back together, and teach it to the people. Because you know, back then, every the, only the priest is the one that did the teaching, only the priest, and they were still doing the uh, uh, going to the priest to do the sacrifices and all of that in in this book where we're at right now. So Nehemiah was a cupbearer, and he went before the king. For a cupbearer is a person that's supposed to taste the food before the king, taste the wine before the king tastes it. So if you drop dead, the king know not not to drink it or eat it. And th that's amazing. That's when you think about that. So uh, he came before the king after his friend left and told him that the wall was still down. But still all broken down. Now, some of them had been out of out of bondage quite a few years, but they hadn't done anything. 
The, I think that uh, video I said said it was 60 years. They had come out of bondage and hadn't done a thing yet. Think about it, you all. You can always look at look at the people that's in the war now. They're in the war and everything's blowing up around them. They're living in rubbish. Now, the only time they can start rebuilding is after the war over. I have never lived in a very destructive area. I, I've never been in the, in the area where the house was burned down or, or there's garbage everywhere. You know, some people live like that. They live in destruction. The house is falling apart. They don't care. Everything that's falling all apart, they just go to work every day, do whatever they think, get high, do whatever. There is a whole bunch of people that do that. But think about this. Even Okay, another one was, remember when, when uh, David went to war and he came back and Ziglag was, was all destroyed? The animals, the families and children and wives and all the livestock food was all carried off and everything else was destroyed. Just picture that in your mind. Picture this in, 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 in this area, in Jerusalem, where there was, everything was totally destroyed. So Nehemiah got the word from God uh, that he should go do something about it. So first of all, when he went before the king, uh, he was uh, very sad. And the king kind of like got, got a little bit, uh, kind of said, what's up, man? You know what? Let's go to, uh, I think it's probably... Nehemiah 2, and it says, In the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Artaxerxes, that was the king's name, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine, this is uh, Nehemiah talking, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before. So the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill. This can be nothing but sadness of the heart. Are you, uh, I'll say to you all, uh, do, uh, do you have the discernment when you walk in, in someone else's presence and they're sad? Are you, do you have the discernment to be able to, to pick up what's going on? Got the spirit, when the Spirit of God is living in you, you have that power. You know exactly what's going on with people. And so the, right away, the king forgot well, something was wrong. Uh, he said, Nehemiah said, I was very afraid, but I said to the king, this is down to verse 3, I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried, uh, he's uh, buried, lies in ruins and, and our gates have been destroyed by fire. He was just sad. He went and, you know, he's trying to do his job. And his face was just sad. It didn't say he hadn't washed his face. He was just sad. He had a sad countenance. That's the best way to say it. Now, uh, he said, I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to go. He told the king what it, what it was. And then he said, uh, if it pleases the king, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the, to the governors of the trans Euphrates, so that I will provide the, so that they will provide me a safe conduct until I arrive in uh, Judea. Judea. So he asking the king for favor because what he wanted to do is go back and rebuild the walls. And one other thing, he asked the king to give him a letter so that he can get some uh some wood, some of the trees or whatever the logs, so he can make trees make uh use it for wood. Uh, now, the king gave him favor. He said, uh, 
going on. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. King gave him favor because of, he said, because of the gracious God. God told us last week that he wants us to be strong, encouraged, and not afraid. That's what he said to us last week in verse 1, and that's how we should live daily. We don't have anything to be afraid of as long as the Spirit of God is living in us. Now, if you don't have the Spirit of God living in you, yeah, you're going to be afraid with every little wind that blows. Every little wind that blows. Uh, now, now, go ahead on to 9. So, he said, he, so I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. Y'all see that? He gave me the letters to have favor with the other kings along the way, and he sent some men with him to help guard him. That's what God would do for us when we when we have a relationship with us. No matter what storm comes up, what wind blow, what illness comes up, what what uh junk comes up. A lot of our families, we got a bunch of junk discord always something's always going on in the family but god when we have the spirit of god living us he will tell us what to do he will help us he will give us favor your job you got somebody crazy on your job god will give you favor he will definitely give you favor so uh so he they down to 13 so he left and it went by night he said he said i went uh, out through the valley. When he got to the city, he went around to the different gates. Remember, it was a walled city, but all the walls were down and all the gates were down. But he went, he tried to go in the areas where he knew it was supposed to be certain gates, but he grew up there. Now, he one first gate, he went through the valley gate toward the jackal, uh, where jackal well, that's where they get water, and the dung gate. What's the dung gate? NG. Did y'all leave the line? Yeah. What's the dumb gate? That was the gate to all the poop and everything. All the waste. All the garbage. That's what a dumb gate is. That's what it was. Y'all got to see. Y'all can tell y'all you need to read this Bible now. Get into that word so you know what's what. Down to 14, he said, Then I move on towards the fountain gate and the king's pool. But there was not enough room for my mount to get through. It was so much garbage, he couldn't even go through there with his with his donkeys, uh, horses, whatever he had. He couldn't get through there. It was so much junk. Then he said, uh, So I went up to the valley by night and examined the wall. Finally turned back and re-entered through the valley's gate. At 16, it says, the officials did not know where I had gone or uh, what I was doing because I, as yet I had said uh, nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or the officials or any others who would be doing the work. He didn't tell, tell them what it was. He just came in with his army and ran around and expected everything. That's what, when the Spirit of God is living us and we got a situation going on, we don't jump, run hell, and run along with all the other little crabs. What we do, we step back, quiet, quiet ourselves down and allow the Spirit of God to tell us what to do. I want us to be able to apply this word, you all. We'll be more successful. If you're having issues, you're not reading the word. 
You got to read the word of God because the spirit of God lives in us and he encourages us. He can't encourage us if we don't want to take time to do nothing, not get the word in. So Nehemiah said, then now, now go ahead on. Uh, he said, when, now these are the haters. I think this is down back to chapter three. I don't know. I, I didn't do it that way. But when the haters hear, this is still in two, I think. Then when the haters hear, you know, all of us got haters in our life. Those look and lose. Those best friends all of a sudden when you're in a, in a pickle, in a, <coughs> excuse me, in a situation, you got all these friends that come around with good advice. So I, I love these two guys. One of them named was uh, Sam Ballard, the Hornite, and Tobias, the Amorite. When Sam, those are two names you could you could uh, remember, and maybe put them on somebody that's giving you issues. Probably, uh, uh, I've done a lot of times. Sam Ballard and and um, let's see, Sam, Sam Ballard and and Tobias. Yeah, a lot a lot of times, you know, we we have to God gives us a peace and comfort. We we all gonna have some troubles, you all, but then a lot we got to not be dumb. We see who's causing the trouble. You just don't go around and shut your mouth up. Don't say nothing. God wants us to be, when he says strong, that means to stand up. Don't let nobody walk all over you. Strong, encourage. Encourage is the knowing that the spirit of God lives in you and he's a confidant. He'll tell you what to do, what to say. And don't be afraid. If you be, so God does not give us a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear comes from that other person, the devil. It didn't come from God. If you're fearful, you have to check yourself and see who, who what God you're serving. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When you're fearful, you check and see who, who you're serving. Okay, say so when they heard it, um, they what they said now in verse ten. When Sam Ballard the Hornite and Tobias the Amorite officials heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. And you know, they were Israelites too. Do y'all get it? Do you understand what I'm saying? These were people that lived there already. They didn't go off the war. They didn't go off to, they weren't captured. Somehow they escaped or their relatives escaped. And these were just uh, the next generation. But when they were, they, they didn't like the fact that some, because they was a, a different kind of folk. They didn't like the fact that somebody was coming down to help the Israelites. They didn't like it. And going on to verse, uh, jumping down to 20. Uh, so when Nehemiah heard what was going on with them, he said in verse 20, so I answered them by saying, the God of heaven would give us success. We servants will start rebuilding, but as far as, as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim of historic right to it. So bottom line, Nehemiah just told him, okay, we're going to rebuild the city, but you ain't got no right to it. He didn't hold his head and get scared. Well, yeah, I guess we'll build it and give you a part. That's what we do. We we rebuild what God gives us because we, we, we scared. We go give it away. Give it to somebody. God doesn't tell us to do that. If the people, everyone has a choice to accept God, their self. If they don't accept God, the only thing we can do, honey, you all, is shake the dust off. That's what he tells us. Shake the dust off and keep going. Everyone has the ability to do that. The same way you accept God, the next man can do that. It's a choice. He gives everybody a choice. It's your choice as to what you want to do with yourself in life. You make your choice. God will not overstep 
Anyone bounds. And, and you know, that's why we, we talked and I've taught you all this already about we have to be very careful when people ask us to pray for them. I said quite say it and I'll say it again. We have to be very careful. We have to allow our spirit of discernment to know what are you praying about? Why would I pray for pray and ask God to keep somebody in their mess? If God honors our prayers and we pray wrongly, yes or no, he may answer. Yes or no, we don't know. But why should we pray for something that is stupid? I don't know any other word, no other way to say it. Why should I, why should I ask God to do something for somebody that's that's a stupid? That's a stupid thing. Okay. Now, so uh, I was going on. I wanted to part what, let's see. There was a part when they asked for, uh, and it said, the wall they were building was going to be so cheap or uh, so ragged that a fox could run along with it. Run along and, and uh, let's go with, right before, right the latter part of uh, uh, 18, verse 18, I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king has said to me. This is what uh, Nehemiah, he was encouraged, trying to encourage the people. He was saying to them, uh, verse 17, you all. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in Jerusalem lies in ruins and the gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. He's coming always from a safe city and he's coming back to encourage the people. He said, um, come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and and oh, and we will no longer be in disgrace. If you live a torn down regular house, if you got in the sense, that's a disgrace. That is surely a disgrace. And I've seen them and I've seen them in, in, in situations and houses in a mess. And so, you know, when a house is getting in a total mess, the city said, okay, this is a disgrace. I'm going to condemn it and tear it down. They do that. They don't tolerate and wait for you to say, well, I'm going to fix it up next year. No, the city just take over, comes in and knock it down. Just knock it down. That's that's what they would do. So in this case, you remember the uh, Babylonians had come in and taken everything and knocked it down. Let's see. Now go down to verse 19. But it said again, when Sanballat the Hornite and, and Tobias the Amorite uh, officials, they were official, and Geshem heard about it, and they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they said? Uh, they had, you are rebelling against the king. That's the first thing uh, they said. Because you're trying to rebuild the city. You're rebelling against the king. And this wasn't the king uh, that where Nehemiah came from. This was the local king in that area. He had no in interest in rebuilding anything. He was still getting his money and all from the people that didn't go off into bondage. But so when the Israelites finally kind of woke up and got some guts because of Nehemiah, these three folks uh, said, well, we're going to tell the king, you're trying to rebel against what the king wants. Are you all thinking? Listen to what I'm saying. Think about this. Anytime you try to do something, even on your job sometimes, you're trying to just mind your own business, do your job, you got somebody that's going to make up a lie and go tell the boss. Been there, done that. Got T-shirts and scars to match it. We all have it, but sometimes we just ignore it. You keep ignoring people throwing dung on you. After a while, you're going to look like a piece of dung. 
and you're going to smell like dung because it's going to cake up and dry on you. We don't allow people to, if you are a child of God, you do not allow people to throw their vomit on you. You remember I told you about what uh, James Baldwin said? It took him years to get rid of the vomit before he even figured he was a pure human being. And some of us has been through that. Our culture has been through that in the, in the years past. But then it started with Martha Luther King. Some of us had... Uh, we recognize what the mission God has wanted wanted for us to do. There are some people that may not have had a big mission like Martin Luther King, King but a small miss, uh, mission down in the community to be the first on your job, may the first to do this, may the first to start a store. Uh, I, I know my, uh, my, my daddy's aunt. In Smithfield, there in Goldsboro, was the first. They were the first black people to start a store, uh, like a grocery store, in in, in Smithfield, uh, Arizona, Smithfield, North Carolina. Black folks weren't able to do stuff like that then, but they had enough bunch and they were in their own community and started. We don't know. You don't know your gifts and talents that you have. I get on this heavy duty, y'all. Your gifts and talents that God gives you. Stop playing with them. Stop throwing them around and just giving to anybody. When you go, I, I heard Jake say this one time. You know, when, stop telling everybody your business. God gives you an idea. Why do you go tell somebody else and they take your idea and run with it? Or they take in your idea and discourage you. That's how our people are. They don't want you to have it. If they can't have it, they don't want you to have it. I say that over and over. If if uh, they can't have it, they don't want you to have it. They don't have an idea how to do it, and you get an idea how to do it. They don't want you to succeed. So they, all they do is speak negative on you, and you stay listening to that negative crap. You never get it done. When you run alone, you run faster. And the people you around, I I don't like people, but I like to be around people that's broke and, and all. Every time you turn around, they got to go up to the well. We in my day they call it the welfare office. I, I don't, I I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't raised like that. My mom and dad had fourteen children, and my daddy would not allow my mother, to, my mother to go anywhere to get in the food box or nothing. He worked and he took care of his children. Yes, we had a lot of people that would give it to her, and she would do trading, but. Uh, we don't have to live like that. God wants to be prosperous, to be able to give to others. Uh, and you might say, well, if he wants to give to others, uh, oh, I, I don't have that much. He'd give you even more. If you give it, he'll, he'll replace it. And that's not always money either. This, this, okay. All right. Let's see. Let's go down. To, let's go on to, uh, I think it's four. Let's see. That was two. Let's go to three real quick. Anyone have any comments? Y'all speak up anytime you want to. You all are my... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, now in three, this is the part where they're going to start rebuilding the wall. All right? Uh, the very first thing, of it, I'm just going to go through it real quick. Uh, said now, Alicia, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work. Now, this chapter about is about the different people worked around the different gates. I'm not gonna stay in this one long, but you can go back and read it. So the first thing, this priest and his fellow priests, they started working to rebuild the sheep gate. 
S-H-E-E-P gate. They dedicated it and set up the doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred. They dedicated the Tower of Hanel. Uh, the men of Jericho built the adjoining section. The son of I-M-R-I built next to them. Think about it. Just think, picture this in here. Say like Slaughter Street in Goldsboro. I'm saying Goldsboro because a lot of people from Goldsboro online. Slaughter Street in Goldsboro. My heart is to rebuild Slaughter Street. That is a passion I, I want to immensely do. I, I remember how Slaughter Street was when I was growing up in the child. We had a grocery store on two corners. Little small stores on on one on 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 uh, one end of the one end of the street and one on the, uh, almost halfway the street that went through uh, another little walkway to another section where folks live. But however, think about this: everybody rebuilt the gates in there, and some some particular families got together to rebuild gates in their area. This is mostly about now the fish gate. This is in verse three was rebuilt by the son of uh, Hanassah. They laid, it's basically the same thing. They laid the beams and the bolts and the bars in place. That they took the door and put it back together again. They had to have wood to redo that. It was burned down by fire. Uh, it talks about the son of Uriah, the son of uh, uh, Hakazaz. These people got some weird names. H-A-K-K-O-Z, Hakazaz. Uh, Repair the next section. They work together. In our community, I, I, I do know a lot of times in our community, uh, we do get together and, and do some things. And I have to use myself as an example because I'm the one teaching this. So I'll tell you what I used to do. Uh, I used to do what you call a fashion share. You all may have heard this. And I think my sisters on church started doing this too. Uh, but they do theirs like once a quarter or whatever. But I, I did mine pretty much the same way back in the early 2000. And with a fashion share, what it was, uh, I uh, requested from the women in the community, give me good clothes. Take them to the dry cleaner. Don't take no suit and wash it. Take it to the dry cleaner, get it clean, put them in bags, uh, like those uh, plastic bags or whatever. And what I did when they brought it to me, we were set, had a had some team of workers. We would set it up like a department store. Everything from bras, panties, pantyhose, sweaters, coats, dresses, suits, jeans, every, everything was a reactive department store. And with the department, how we did it, we had women to come in, and these were women mostly from the uh, uh, the group homes or the halfway houses or the, where the drug women live. And they would come in, I would go get them. And we will fix a bag lunch. And that part I learned from the Caucasian women because they did a lot of ministering too. But what we do, we sit people down and we feed them. We do all of that. But I learned from them. You don't need to give them clothes and feed them too. You give them a light, nice lunch where they can go home and, and, and enjoy themselves. And so that's what I would do. I give them a very nice, healthy bag lunch with fruits, uh, sandwiches, juice, drinks, chips, all that good stuff. A healthy bag. Healthy bag with lunch and some toiletries. Uh, and with you go home with toiletries and clothes. And while the first thing we would do, we do a little ministry, encouraging the women and get them in the right mood. And after that, we say you go shop till you drop. 
And when you come in and do your registration, you have the women write out their names and all, and then you will sign different women that you know that was equipped and know how to minister to walk with them while they were going through this process. And uh, they would get tickets. And the tickets, they would go and just stuff the bags. They would get a couple of big shopping bags and just stuff their bags. But that is a, a part of the work, a team working together. Now, in this book here of Nehemiah, they talked about the people that lived in certain areas. They got together with their neighbors and they rebuilt the walls. And see, some of them, there was some had to stand uh, with their swords while the other was working. And some of them either worked with the sword on the side and still did some works because Sanballat, Tobias, and Gomez, whatever his name was, they didn't like the fact that they was trying to rebuild the wall. Okay, go ahead on. Uh, it goes all the way through, tells about all the the valley gate down to 13. It said the valley gate was re repaired by uh, Hanan, H-A-N-U-N, and the residents of Zappah. So as you go to chapter 3, you can see the different ones, and even somebody prepared, uh, prepared, uh, repaired the dung gate. They did that. They repaired the dung gate. Uh, I said the dung gate was repaired by Makaja, M-A-L-K-I-J-A, the son of uh, Rechab, the ruler of the district of Beth Hakarim. So good information. This is teamwork. The fountain gate was repaired. Uh, all of the gates was repaired. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Get the last question in this one. Down to thirty-one. It said next to him, Micaiah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of the temple servants and the merchants, uh, opposite the inspection gate, as far as the room above the corner, between the room above uh, the corner and the sheep gate. <coughs> The goldsmith. It just shows that everybody was working together to repair something. Those that sat on the side and didn't look. I don't. Say, they don't say that in here that nobody did nothing. The people had to have the even own homes repaired, and as they were repairing, some had watched at at uh, even at night. They worked at night, and some uh, worked during the daytime. And whenever they worked, they had a sword. They had guards there because. The, the haters are going to come in and try to tear everything down again. So we're going to go ahead to four and we're going to about end this real soon. Y'all see how fast this is going? We're going to jump into chapter four. Any comments? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, amen. Now, okay, now, this is uh, chapter four. This one is about op op opposition to rebuilding. This is when old Sandbell and them stuck their head out. Think about it. Somebody apply this to your life. Every time you get ready to go do something, you got your Sandbell in the way, or Tobias. They're always in the way. It said verse four, first line, uh, chapter four, I mean, chapter four, verse one. It said, when Sanballat heard they, that they were building, rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria. He said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore your, their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? 
can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? He said, you know, you can't do that. Everything is all burned. They got heaps of rubble. Can they burn, rebuild it in a day? No, they can't rebuild it in a day. Uh, then Tobiah, the Amalite, you know, his, his cousin got to say something. You know, we got them cousins that got to say something. Everybody got to put their two cents in. So Tobiah said, uh, he was an Amorite. He said, who was at his side, he said, what they are building, even a, a, a fox climbing up on the on it would break down their wall of stone. He see, see how they really ridicule him? He said, even, even if a fox on a big wall of stone, that would break down because the stones were so bad and they were so feeble, they couldn't do it. However, that didn't stop him. It really did not stop him. Uh, down to four, this is, this is, uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah said, hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. You all listen to this verse. I'm going to read it over and over and over till I put some guts in it. I'm going to go back and start over again. He said, hear us. This is Nehemiah praying to God. As the people done talked about him and disgraced him, they can't do nothing. And they, instead of them run, sticking the tail between their legs and run off somewhere and go into a depression. He said, uh-uh. He said, hear us, oh God, our God. For we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. We have that right, you all, when we got the Spirit of God in us. And some of y'all might think I'm crazy. That's why I pray. I pray with authority because I know I can pray that. It says this right here. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. All right, verse five, in verse six, rather. So he says, so we rebuilt the wall till all of them reached half its height. For the people worked with their heart. The people worked together with their heart. They had gotten to the point where they built uh, half of the wall. I'm going to go down to the last verse. And you all can read this and take time to go through and see what has happened. Uh, there was a lot of opposition. and. Uh, A lot of, uh, I mean, there was a lot of opposition, y'all. Go, go to verse 19. Then said I, then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out. They were all over trying to rebuild everything. And we are widely separated from each other along the way, along the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of a trumpet, join us there, our God will fight for us. So what he was doing, he said, you know, they had to put guards up because things were getting bad every time they tried to refuse, uh, repair something. Yeah. So they got the trumpets and the trumpets stayed near Nehemiah. And when the, he said, when you hear the trumpet, come to where he is. Uh, and, and going on, it said, so we continue the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. 
from day, from early morning to when stars came out at night, some men, they stood. They stood on their post. And he said, uh, in 23, as, as that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside of Jerusalem at night. So don't go outside the wall at night like they normally do. Stay inside the wall. And they can serve us as guards by night and as workers by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had the, his weapon even when he went to war, went for water. That That's the end of four yard. We're going to join. And I, I want to encourage you. Situations can look real bad sometime in our lives. Uh, I, I know I've been through a few, and I know each of you all may have been through a few. Sometimes it looks real bad. But when we trust God and believe God, he will fight for us. He'll fight our battle. Uh, Yolanda Adams always sent this on. The battle is not yours, but the Lord. He will fight your battle no matter what, as long as you stay focused on him. When you're disobedient, this book tells us when you're disobedient, God just back off, take his hand off you, and let the enemy capture But as sometimes when you start to repent enough down through the generations, he, he, he hears your prayers. He will hear your prayer. And he heard the uh, Israelites' prayers and brought them back. Brought them back to a destroyed line, destroyed land, and told them, well, I'll send somebody to help you get it together. But it was their choices whether or not they wanted to get it together or they just wanted to live there in in ruins. But for 60 years, they lived in the ruins. And finally, God sent, touched the heart of Nehemiah. And then he also touched the heart of the king Nehemiah was working for. And he sent uh, a, a way out of their destruction. God always has a ram in the bush. Remember, uh, was it? Moses, Abraham, who was that he had a ram in the bush for Quintina? I love throwing these questions out. Who was going to sacrifice? Yeah, who, who did he have a ram in the bush for? He was going up to destroy his son. Somebody. Yeah, somebody answer. Anybody knows? Yep, Abraham. Abraham. Remember when Abraham was going going up to destroy his son? Had they had him on the wood. They took the wood. Oh, but there's one thing that I. Yeah. Right, right. Before he sacrificed his son. Yes, right. God always have a way of escape for us, you all. No matter what situation we're in, we have to keep our spirits quiet enough to hear what God is saying to us. Body and, and doing everything, listening to everybody else, and knowing all the noise. You can't hear what God is saying because He's a quiet spirit. The spirit of God is a good spirit, and He's very quiet. And He can only hear you when you're He can only hear you when you're quiet. He always has a way of escape. No matter what the condition, situation you're in, as long as your mind is stayed on Him, as long as your mind and heart is stayed on Him, he always has an escape for you. So I, I really do appreciate each of you all for joining us this evening. And I pray that you're able to take this lesson and run with it during the week. Look at the things they were facing and uh, look at the enemies that come up against them. 
Uh, first of all, look at the favor. That even the people that was in the destruction already, God gave them favor by sending uh, Nehemiah to help them rebuild the wall. Uh, this is a an awesome uh, lesson so that we be able to apply this word of God to our life. And if you're not in anything and everything is hunky-dory for you, pray for somebody else's in the situation. Everything's fine if you're not going through anything. I have learned over the years, if you ain't going through, you you have to check about, see whose side you're on. Because this, this land that we're in, when we're in the kingdom of God, we're going to always have opposition. And it's how we go through the opposition. Do we go through it uh, with peace? What they said, the peace that surpasses all understanding that... Uh, we don't, we, it's so peaceful, we kind of sense that, well, am I crazy or what? I ain't worried about this. That's when we have the peace of God, knowing that God said, be strong, be encouraged, and don't be afraid. Don't be scared. I got you. He said, I got you. We're going to close out. Anyone have any comments or any special prayer requests? All right. I, I pray that you're all. Go ahead. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. That's right. And if you're not going through, you have to kind of watch out now. Oh, oh, oh. Well, where you at? Where your mind at? If you ain't going through, those of us that love God, yeah, we're going through a whole lot, you all. But the thing, good thing about it, He's got us. We don't have to do it alone. He's got us. Yes. Now, uh, the like I said, the yes. the uh, Bible study is surely available. Just wait. Uh, I, I think about four or five hours. Yes, last week I was able to get it on. After that, I had to go feed the great grands, and after I do that, then I'll take it and upload it to Spotify, which goes over to Google Podcasts. And uh, if you don't have Spotify, you don't have to worry about all of that. Just go on to Google Internet and put in and type in Google Podcasts. And when you get to Google Podcasts, type in Vera Glass. And every every podcast I've done comes up. And this one will be up uh, probably in a few hours. And the one last week is already up there. Uh, it, I think all of that we did up until the time that uh, our ne nephew went home to be with the Lord, we took a a uh, a few weeks off, mainly for uh, respect and honor to my sister and my uh, my niece. Uh, I can only say, you all, God is is faithful to His word, and I would I would encourage I want to encourage you all. Even though Black History Month is gone, I want to encourage you all to try to remember some of the elders that went on and share it with the new, with the young generation. Because uh, they, they, if they don't know, you know, when we share history with them, that encourage them to know that they are somebody. Don't don't let the world tell you uh, that we're, we're nobody. That encourage you that our, yeah yeah we came through slavery, but our people worked. 
this lesson, our people did exactly what this lesson was saying. They worked together in the community, in the street. My daddy helped uh, many of people build houses. Many of them. My granddaddy helped uh, many of people build houses. My what, my granddaddy on my mother's side, those are the ones that he, he was a builder also. Then um, on my dad's side, he, he was a farmer. He was a farmer and he worked at the school. And with the farmer, he had plenty of hogs. He killed hogs and all the stuff that come out of him. He gave it away. They worked close as a community. They didn't tolerate stupidity back then. And if you want to be stupid, they made sure you got off the street. They didn't tolerate it like we, like we do. We said, well, they don't know. that They're going to be all right. Well, they know they ain't going to be in hell. That's where they're going to be. Drop, drop in hell. But if you know better and you don't do better, all right, that's it. I don't have to say we we, we know better, so we should do it. Any uh, other in this very prayer request? Okay, I, I guess uh, Elder J them and Elder J is doing school stuff, and his wife I guess is getting really ready for her little trip, going for an exciting trip in the family. So uh, that's what she's getting ready for today. Uh, I still want to pray. No, no one else knows anyone. I have some friends that I want to pray for them. Uh, but, uh, like I said, it's our choice. Choice when, when we, if we want to keep our foot in, we want to keep our foot in the pig pen and one foot out on a dry ground and think things are going to change. <laughs> it's not going to change. It's not going to change. If anything, you might slip and fall completely in the pig pen completely in there so i love you all and uh check if you like a book zell me cash out me and i'll get one out to you uh I, i'm only charging like 10 I, i'm not going to the postage can be rather high but i'll eat the postage if you want a book or if you want to start a bible study and get about five or six books i'll see if i can give you a discount also uh when i send them out all right, so that's it. I want to say all minds and hearts are clear. Any other questions, comments? All right, now we're going to close. And Father God, we just thank you for... I'm sorry, go ahead. Did someone have something? Okay, I thought I heard someone. Uh -huh. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Pat, you know what? You, you, we can't say enough. Think about it. We're not living in a war zone today. Mm. Yes. Yes. My my daughter is not in the war zone, but the uh, the president of uh, of that city that's in being fought. He's over there in the city where she lives, and so things are rather strict right now. Uh, we can still talk so often on the phone, but a lot of times they can't even talk on the phone. But I th I thank God. Uh, that I did get a text from her and she's okay. Yeah, I did okay. And that one thing I want to include the prayer for, I do yeah, pray constantly God. for my grandson and, and my granddaughter and my daughter that's over in uh in Dubai, Abu Dhabi. They're like fifteen minutes from Dubai, but they Abu Dhabi is where they live. But uh we're gonna be praying and I wanna pray this evening uh for my niece that recently lost their husband, knowing that God is faithful to his word. I don't know if she's online tonight, but knowing that God is faithful to her word, to his word. I, I started calling her uh, last year. I, I named her Joy because she always has a smile. 
always has a smile, no matter what she goes through, even though she's having to go through some medical issues herself. God is still faithful to his word because he said he'll heal all of us if we want it. Jesus already paid, already paid the price. We don't have to try to redo it. We just have to receive it, accept it, believe it, and all is well. Well, Father God, we just come together touching and agreeing, thanking you for your mercy, your goodness and your mercy, Father God, that you give us daily, every day. Thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning, Father God. Thank you for allowing us to be in our right mind. And those of us that's not in our right mind, we pray this evening, Father, that you give us restoration. Renew us where we're weak, Father God. And in in the health issues that we have, Father, we're asking for wisdom, how to deal with these health issues and not just sit on them, but because you want us healthy, wealthy, and wise, Father God. And we thank you for that. Thank you, Father God, when you tell us to be not afraid, to be strong, and to be encouraged. We're encouraged, Father, knowing that your son already paid the price for all situations. I ask for traveling grace for my daughter as she takes a trip uh to next next week uh starting tomorrow and next week for the event uh in Los Angeles with her daughter and Father God I ask for uh traveling grace for my sisters as they go up and down the highways to the doctors and each and everyone for Miss Pat and Miss Pauline for her health Father God, we thank you for the healing. We thank you for the magnificent work that you're going to do and for the testimony she's going to have in the community that she can live and run around and tell somebody about Jesus. We know you're in charge, Father. We receive it. And Father God, as for you in this day, for a total restoration for each one of our minds and heart. Well, we're broken down, Father God. We know that you're a heart fixer and a mind regulator. Father, we thank you. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you all. I'm out of breath. God bless and good night. All right. Thank okay. You. Okay. All right. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.